Support for today's episode comes from Manscaped. Manscaped has all the right tools to get the job done quickly, safely, and hygienically. Father's Day is just around the corner, at least it is if you're like me and you need about a month to prepare for these kinds of things, so you'll probably need a gift for Harry Dad. Make your dad proud this year. Get him and yourself the Manscaped Perfect Package. You know what they say, like father, like son. And make sure you use that promo code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping. And for a limited time, you can get that free shed travel bag. So now's the time to get it done. You'll feel good. You'll feel clean. You'll smell good. And everyone will appreciate it. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers. So watch it go. Chuck Nasty. Two run, home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Use that promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your purchase of that delicious CBD-infused, life-changing coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me is our beat writer, Patrick Lyons. We've got a lot of things to talk about today. We're going to take a little bit of a walk down memory lane, look at some interesting facts from the past. Uh, we're going to get to some of the questions and comments we've had from all of you, whether you're joining us just now here for the live on Twitch or Twitter or Facebook uh, or on YouTube, actually, um, or if you've responded to the all-time Colorado Rockies team that we put out, we got some interesting ones on Twitter that I, I wanted to read through and look at and respond to there are some willing rosario fans out there and we're going to address you all but um first i wanted to begin today patrick uh even though we're a little bit out because we're all itching for something that's a little bit more current and while it's a little far away it's starting to feel tangible and real we have no idea still if we're going to get a baseball season but we do know we're going to get a baseball draft it's going to be weird but it's going to be so um let's get into all the ways it's weird and different and you know it's just a five round thing as opposed to the 40 that it normally is there's a there's a lot of other stuff in here but are you excited uh is this something that we can sink our teeth into and really grab on uh even though we still don't know when the next time we're going to see some baseball actually maybe yeah i think it's an exciting event for baseball fans to sink their teeth into particularly because it's an area I think a lot of baseball fans don't have a large dearth of knowledge. Like the NFL draft comes and you've already been scouting players, right, in college football. And, you know, maybe by the end of the third round, you you haven't heard of half the players, but you maybe at least know what university they go to and whatnot. And you have a general idea if your team did well or, or did bad, and you're immediately going to see those players in a few months' time. Whereas with the MLB draft, it is the only of the four major sports drafts that takes place 
during the season. I think the same even applies for soccer and, and then MLS. And so it's, it's, it's something that gets overlooked, I think, a lot. And because the players, it takes them so long to finally get to the majors and even make an impact. And so many of them never even make it that far that it can be something that's easily overlooked. And, and I understand that. I absolutely understand that. And I, even myself, you know, don't dive too deep with, you know, who did the Rockies take in the 15th round or beyond that. And over time, again, you see those guys work their way up through the minors and you say, okay, now this guy is in Asheville or in Lancaster. And now he's a little more tangible. Now he's someone that I can keep my eye on and have a better idea of who he is, how far he's developed, you know, what the Rockies saw in a certain player, but that's so much harder to do when they haven't even played a single game of professional baseball. So this is a good opportunity for fans to really latch on to something new, much like they did with the KBO. Yes, it's, it's baseball. So the general concept is there for baseball fans to, to latch on to, but some of the different nuances and the players, you don't know who the players are. And right. the players that you do know were ones that, we're not very good in MLB, but they're great in, in South Korea. And there's a history there and you're learning about the different teams. And so I think a lot of that's going to happen with the MLB draft, especially with the coverage that we're hoping to provide uh, our subscribers and, and listeners to this podcast and really, you know, inform listeners about the difference between the, the high school level and the college level, besides just the talent. Um, but the the major conferences and, and what's going to be lost by rounds six through 40, no longer being a part of, of this year's draft and some of the, the creative moves that organizations are typically able to do in a draft. And Hey, what about international free agents? Ryan Altapia, he was never drafted. Why not? Well, the MLB draft this year, I think is a good opportunity to address all of those questions and more. Yeah. So for those of you listening, which is everyone who's, you know, hearing my voice right now. <laughs> I don't know why I set it up that way. That's how podcasts work. Um, we're going to be there. We're, we're still figuring out the exact details of it, but this much we know. We will have live coverage for you on all those video platforms that we talked about earlier. We'll be saving that into podcast segments so that we can break it up. So we'll be doing pre-game, pre-draft coverage during the draft coverage and and post-draft coverage where we, of course, analyze everything that the Rockies have done and things that the, the teams around the Rockies have done. Obviously, we'll have our eyes on what the Dodgers and Giants and Padres are doing in it and Diamondbacks. And as Patrick pointed out, we're not also going to insult your tel- intelligence by suggesting, by treating it like it's the NFL draft or the NBA draft and talking about how this fourth-round pick for the Giants really could turn the tide of the NL West in five years. Like we we understand what's going on here. We're gonna that that actually leaves us a lot of room to have a lot of fun with this too. And do things like pick our favorite names in the draft in each round of the draft. Play games like that. Get you all involved so you can come on and share your draft strategies, whether you think a team should be um highlighting positions of need and going after that, taking the best overall player, uh, looking at things organizationally, the way I kind of do with the Rockies. We'll share that 
uh, Patrick and I will, you know, come up with sort of our priority lists and share that stuff for you guys. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be doing a lot of research um, and, and we're going to really just blow out the coverage on this thing. So make sure you're around uh, June 10 uh, for pregame, during game <laughs> and post game. Though, of course, by game, we mean draft because we don't have games yet. And the, the draft itself will go will go on at, at 5 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. And, you know, the Rockies have the ninth pick, so they're going to be, you know, pretty early. There's going to be a lot of talent on the board. And, and depending on what teams want to do, there's uh, quite possibly a little more strategy this year than in years past, a different type of strategy. There's a lot of depth with college pitchers right now and and you say all right well you got to nab one of those top arms or you say let's get a let's get a hitter and we'll grab an arm you know later on in the, the back end with our compensation pick in the first round so there's a lot of different strategies that that can happen and you know we'll we'll discuss and, and break all of that down and 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 try to figure out hey what will the starting lineup of the rockies look like in five years from now because that's just simply how long it takes for these guys to develop and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do everything in our, in our power to really provide the, the best show possible and, and really, really make it fun because there's not a lot of video on these guys. Their, their spring season was cut short. You know, they only got in a, a handful of games. It was funny when we had Matt on the other day, you know, his UC Santa Barbara Gauchos, they ended up beating number one UCLA so I was like, oh, that's that's a fun news story that if, you know, if we had college baseball right now, I think there would be a lot more folks getting involved in that as opposed to the KBO or in addition to the KBO. And again, you would learn a lot more about these players and their journey and the different universities that certain players have have come from. Vanderbilt is is probably one of the finest universities for producing baseball talent in the nation and so many of those guys in the off season from David Price to Sonny Gray, Dansby Swanson, they go back to Tennessee each and every year to work out in the off season with those guys. Same thing. I think Yonder Alonso does at the university of Miami. And, and so mm -hmm. there's, you know, college baseball and minor league baseball, they, they're developing players, but college baseball is where the hearts of these players really rest you know as as fond of a memories that certain rockies players might have of playing in colorado springs that was a stop on their journey and they i'm sure they got to know plenty of people in those places but you know when they were developing as human beings a lot more so during those college years that's going to be the the place where their heart is there they're a part of the alumni right so it, it it will be interesting breaking breaking down all of that and more on june 10th and yeah, I'll be draft. We got yeah. it. All like Patrick said, we'll have as much video as we can find on these guys. We will collect everything we can. Of course, we're going to have stats out the wazoo for you. If you're not sure where the wazoo is, check and you know manscape. Um, but also, uh, we'll be able to run through the history of it. We'll have plenty of time as maybe other teams are drafting players, and we're keeping up to date on that a little bit, but keeping the conversation around the Rockies, looking through the history of the draft and some of the picks that have worked out, some that haven't. You know, I think it's it's interesting. The first question we got here uh, on the live came from John, and he says, will Jeff Breidich continue the tradition of picking bad players, which is, of course, a, 
uh, a fun joke to make, and and we can all point to certain years in which the Rockies, both during Breidich's tenure and before, have completely blown picks, the most recent one obviously being uh, Riley Pint, though we don't know for sure that you know he's never going to pan out. So far, he just hasn't been anywhere close to what you want out of your first rounder. But the interesting thing, and we'll be able to dive into this much more deeply, uh, is that the Rockies have done relatively well in the draft um, recently and and really in the time before leading up to uh, this run of relative success in 17 and 18. Uh, and it was propelled largely by successes in the draft. Um, There's a couple of trade acquisitions in there. You got Marquez coming in to do some things, some relievers, uh, pretty much the entire bullpen has, uh, you know, come from outside the organization during those years, uh, other than Herman or other than Carlos Estevez. Um, But yeah, we'll be able to, to dive into that a bit more as I drink my Breck brew. And I do have, I have the strawberry sky right now because my girlfriend, Caitlin has drinking, drinking, drunken, drinked, had done drunked all of our mile high copper lager. It's our favorite. She's, you know, she gets the dips just so she's gone back to, I'm obviously I'm working, I'm working from home, uh, but she's gone back to like actual place of job things. So when she comes home, she gets the beer she wants. That is her beer of choice. I've found it is a lot of people's beer of choice. You can get it in that Breck Brew 15 can sampler. They can deliver it to you. You can get it delivered from Davidson's or uh, head to your nearest grocery store like a King Supers. Get some food from the farmhouse if you're close enough to the Breckenridge Brewery location there. Call 303-803-1380 from 12 to 8 p.m. You can uh, pick it up, and if you use the code DNVR, you'll get $5 off of that situation. If you're like me and you got the strawberry skies, your fallback, you're in a pretty good spot. But that mile-high copper lager, just just gorgeous drinking, I'll tell you that much. It's gorgeous. That's the word for it. And even if you're not in the the neighborhood of the farmhouse, take a drive. I did it with Bojo's last week where I was really building it up. I said, oh, I'm going to earn that. Colorado mountain pie and drove all the way down to Arvada. I have one closer to me in, in Longmont, but I said, I, I just had to get out of the house, see some of the beautiful views going from Boulder coming back whatnot. And it was, it was worth the, the round trip of course. So again, even if you're not in the neighborhood of the farmhouse, go for a drive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's actually on my to-do list uh, for both of those places. Um, Gas has never been cheaper. Also true. Also true. I, I had not gotten gas since basically early March. So I'd gone two months without getting gas because I'm a good boy slash nerd. So I, I stayed home, was quarantined, you know, uh, only going out to the supermarket. And because of uh, the groceries I'd purchased at King Supers, you get a discount. I don't know if, if, if you mm-hmm, frequent the mm-hmm. drop or when you oh, go sure. use their gas station. Oh, yes. And so gas was $1.49 a gallon. And then because it had been so long, I guess I had, my points had racked up. I got a dollar off of a gallon and I pumped, 49 in 15, cents. I pumped in 15 and a half gallons and it cost me six fifty. I have, I've never in my life since I even got my life. I believe you. Yeah. 
it, it, it was insane. And then I was going to, you know, how you like, you go to top it off. You're like, ah, it's at 648. Let me go ahead and pump it. And as I'm doing it, I immediately realize because it's only 49 cents a gallon or 48.9 cents a gallon, I would actually have to be holding onto it for a while for it to go up two pennies. So I didn't even have it at a, at a round number. It stayed at 648 because I'm like, this, this tank's going to overflow for two cents of gas because it's 49 cents a gallon. It's insane. You got to You got to get out to the farmhouse and Bojo now there's, there's no excuse. And Ouroboros who asks here in the comments for the record, it's my second strawberry sky of the day. One for TDSP. One for this podcast, the Denver Sports Podcast. If you're wondering, if you want to be like the cool kids, we call it TDSP. That's cool. It's fine. Nothing nothing to it, really. Uh, if you're wondering what in the hell I'm talking about, once a week, a group of us get together. We cross all the sports up. We talk cross sports. Today was a lot of uniform talk, so AJ and I mostly sat there silent while RK and Eric talked about all of these new uniform ideas. You really should have been on for that one today, Patrick, you would have been a much better Rockies representative to discuss uniforms. I was worthless, worthless. Yeah, the Rockies haven't had too many designs, but they've had enough different things that we don't see quite as frequently that could be implemented. Of course, the sleeveless white. Oh, yeah. Striped uniforms which i had forgotten about until I, I dug out an old carlos gonzalez bobblehead and i said okay this was an interesting look i think there I've, we've also seen through the rockies review and and um kale has been putting together some some great photographs on on the graphic side where a uh, black vest with purple sleeves not a look we get anymore yeah and i also think there's just some just general overall opportunities to have a little bit of green inside okay. so that's... And white and black. It's there. We see it on some of the older logos for Coors Field. We saw it for the, you know, the all-star game and man, green and purple really work. That split our group today. And I think it splits the audience and I have seen, and I said this on the other podcast, so sorry for double dipping, but People show me Rockies uniforms with green in it probably 10 times in a year. You know, it's not like this comes up a lot, but it'll come up and, you know, people bring Rockies things to my attention. I can't imagine why they would do such a thing. Um, and I would say about one in seven with the green in it. I go, oh, I like that. And then the other six, I'm like, uh, uh, that, get that away from me. This is problems. Part of it may be I'm with Ouroboros here even though he was making fun of me just a second ago, uh, says, love the Rockies, purple jerseys. Purple is criminally underused in sports, and the purple-black combo is incredible. I totally agree. It sets the Rockies apart. They've got their own color that no one else in Major League Baseball has. I love that about it. And when the green starts to clash with the purple, I'm like, hey, get away from my color, bro. But sometimes it works. So it does. make a good one, bring it to me, and I will – uh, incredibly and artfully decide if I like it or not. <laughs> well, there's only one team that has green. And so, okay, yeah, that's the that's the color mm -hmm. of the Oakland A's. That's mm -hmm. fine. Not trying to really encroach on that. They're more of a of a Kelly green, right? Like the brighter mm -hmm. St. Patrick's Day colors. In fact, they've even tweaked their their shade of green in recent years. But I think just the, the darker shade of green looks good. I think in the early days of the Rockies, so, you know, 
before they, they hosted the All-Star Game in 98, there were a lot of random companies that I think made Rockies memorabilia and they utilize green, probably not in the best way. So I think if, like you said, one out of every five or whatever it is looks good. So I think knowing full well what works and what doesn't, I think you could hammer out something that looks a lot better. Again, it would just have so. to be done with the right, you know, aspects. And I mean, you go back and look at the the batting practice slash home run derby jerseys worn. Um, I think it was the American League had the had the green for the the home run derby in, in the '98 All Star game. It just looks it looks great. You can even see it on the patch, like in some mm-hmm. of the photos from the Blake Street Bombers when they've got a Coors Field patch on. It's got some green on there, and I think there's even maybe some some red for for the for the brick facing. But I think I think that can be something that's utilize start it off subtly do it do it very subtly right. and then it'll grow over time it becomes like an alternate jersey mm-hmm. alternate hat whatever it is then then fine if it goes away it can come back again that that's that's really where the the potential is but i kind of i kind of respect the momfort's you know old school way of thinking and saying no we're going to stick with interlocking cr there's nothing wrong with it maybe maybe it's not very 2020 but Look, look at what the Yankees, they've had the same logo forever mm-hmm. and it's just classic and that's that's nice, you know. Astros have had a million, Diamondbacks have had a million. The Rays are getting up there. The Marlins have had a million. So right. you got to have some respect and sometimes you say actually that that's cool that it's you know in the in the minority. And the CR is dope. It's just it clearly is, yeah. like it's just good. It's yeah. just clearly yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, and and it is good. And I don't want to say like oh, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing great with it. It's great. It's just classic. It's clean. Love it. Yeah. All right. Well, wasn't didn't know we were going to give them the uni talk, but love it because uh, yeah, I know that that's something a lot of people are really interested in. I don't know that stuff as well. I can just look at it and go, ooh, I like it, or ooh, I don't like it. Um, before we leave completely, though. Feels like it's farther back there, but let's reel the draft conversation back in really quick um, before we move on with other topics of conversation. I wanted to set the stage in such a way, and I'm actually not sure if you even agree with the the argument that I made in a in an article that I published today, uh, Patrick, where I suggested that the new rules for the draft, which I will also admit and probably should have put as a caveat in the article. I understand to some degree. I understand the draft had to be different. It, it couldn't be exactly the same. And I'm not suggesting, and, and this is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. I, I, I don't have a, a the right answer. So I am kind of saying, hey, you did the wrong thing or you're doing something. I'm not even saying they're doing the wrong thing, actually. That's not even my really my position. Wrong or right, I don't know. What I do know is what it looks like they're going to do here, which is having five rounds and then basically letting anybody after that sign as a free agent if they can or if teams want to. And there's a whole, we could get into that. At some point we'll get into the nitty gritty. We'll see if it comes through in the conversation, if we need it here. Um, Just trying to lay the groundwork. I feel like the Rockies will be uniquely negatively impacted by this. I think it hurts a lot of small to mid-market teams just in general. Um, But I think the Rockies in particular are going to be bit probably in the long term 
by this limited draft. What do you think? Yeah, and absolutely. The the biggest pieces, the mid to small market teams are going to suffer the most from it, you know, by not having a lot of the flexibility. Typically what happens is, you know, each slot from the first to 10th round has a dollar amount. And ultimately what you could do, so uh, ultimately what you could do is pay guys less than what they're worth. And like, well, why would they take that? Well, Rockies have the ninth pick. They could tell a guy who was maybe supposed to be late first round, early second round, that we're going to take you ninth, but we're going to take you for that slot value late in the first, right? So we're, we're going to give you probably the high end of what you thought. And that pick was only worth a couple million dollars. Now they've got extra payroll to convince a kid that they really like who maybe is you know, sign a letter of intent to go to Vanderbilt or UCLA and say, look, we're going to give you this money. Don't go to school. Come play for the Rockies and we're going to pay you more than this, than, than the slot value is. And you can balance it out. You know, that's, that's one of the things that, that Houston did that they got creative. Carlos Correa ended up, you know, playing out really well for, for them, but you know, he wasn't, you know, the, the clear overall number one, they got him for a little bit less, um, and it allowed them to sign Lance McCullers Jr. You know, I think they even used some of that money for Dax Cameron, which uh, he was later flipped in a, in a trade. It might have even been Roberto Osuna. Um, but but they got creative, and they ended up getting a lot more depth. And, that's and the Rockies themselves, yeah, and, and, and they've the Rockies themselves have implemented a slightly less extreme. They haven't done it quite the way Patrick is describing. Uh, they've What they've sort of done is like when there are two guys who are about – equal on their board. Um, and they did this with John Gray with the third overall pick where they paid him less than the slot value with an understanding that they were going to spend that money. And that became Ryan McMahon money um, in that exact draft. Uh, and and so it wasn't necessarily that they took a player who they thought, you know, maybe would have gone a bit later necessarily as they, have specifically taken guys they knew would sign for under slot value so that they can use that money later in the draft. And they've used it to get guys like Ryan McMahon, Dom Nunez, um, some of these other guys who were gotten in, in second, third, fourth, fifth rounds. Yeah. It's, it's unique to, to baseball. It's almost like it becomes, you know, I don't want to say literally, but it becomes exactly figuratively fantasy baseball <laughs> where <laughs> now you go, well, I like this guy at this price, you know, and which is going to allow me to, you know, save up some money later on down mm-hmm. the line. You know, the Yankees were able to do it last year and they, they signed a guy that was, that was earmarked, uh, I think for university of, of Vanderbilt, Anthony Volpe. Uh, and, and they were, they were able to take him, even though it seemed like, no, that he, that he's not going to sign. So, you know, you can get really creative. And when you, lop off the sixth through 10th round. Now you're not going to be able to get some of those bargains. You're also not going to be able to pick guys up like, like Sam Hilliard, you know, who is, who is a 15th round pick, uh, however long back. And you know, that, Just that a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, they're going to suffer. All teams are going to suffer in that way, but as you were able to point out in your article, I definitely recommend uh, everybody to, to go and, and take a look at that. You did a good job kind of elaborating how, you know, frankly, if, if you were a, a player of, of any importance and really wanted to, to gamble on yourself and you wanted to develop, because you got a long way to go, you got a long way to go, and you were a pitcher in particular, why would you want to – why would you want to – Well, 
what? have a five ERA yeah. in Colorado. You're gonna lose out on money and arbitration and and so so they're gonna get their share of guys, right? They're they're gonna look at the depth chart. It's like when you sign a letter of intent to a university, you look who might be ahead of you on the depth chart and you go, All right, maybe by my sophomore year I'll be a starter, or I might be able to challenge right away my freshman year. And when a lot of guys start signing with the the Yankees and the Red Sox and an organization that has a, a great ethos uh, like like the St. Louis Cardinals and, and develop guys, you know, you know, a handful at a time and you go, well, shoot, I'm, I'm going to be blocked a little bit here in these organizations, or I might be even used as a trade chip. And I don't know that I want to be tossed around. You know what? I'm going to have some, you know, relative security, you know, with mm-hmm. the Rockies because they, they, they don't, tend to, to trade away a lot of their prospects. Uh, they are loyal to their guys. Any and, of them ever. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, and you're, you're going to say, well, look, I, I have a bit easier path to the majors. And you even look at the class, and you can even, if you're only drafting five guys, imagine if, if Colorado takes, and this isn't far-fetched by any means, they take three college pitchers, or they take three pitchers this year's draft, one outfielder, one infielder. And your catcher, you go, all right, there's room for me in that Rockies organization. I could be playing, you know, at and and low A Asheville either next year or in, in 2022 and be a starter. So, okay, I'm gonna go now. Granted, uh, the Rockies have to wait for the carousel to stop before they can now go and get those guys. They're gonna be the last ones uh, at the right. table to to kind of pick up some of the scraps. And that's and again, as you articulated in the article, that's the disadvantage that they're at. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, how this continues going forward. Cause next year's draft most likely will be 20 rounds, uh, very possibly if not less, but I think they agreed upon, you know, 20 rounds and, you know, it's, it's just one year of, of ability to, or really to have the opportunity to help develop guys in places like Boise and in Grand Junction. Now they're going to be doing it in the complexes. So it's a shame that it has to happen this year when the Rockies have, you know, a lot of money. They have the ninth pick. They have a first round compensation pick in in the back end in the early thirties, and they're not going to be able to tap into that like they would have, you know, any year, you know, in in, in the previous few. All right, we are going to wrap up part one of our draft comp conversation there remember to go and check out the farmhouse at breck brew if you're close enough or if you you feel safe enough to make the drive i can highly recommend it you'll get five bucks off your whole meal and those beers if you use code dnvr you know it's great beer if you haven't tried it before you'll learn that it's great food you can call 303-803-1380 they're open from 12 to 8 for uh pickup or delivery you can get stuff delivered also uh, through Davidson's, you know, that's a great way to have your Breck brew delivered to you. You get that 15-can sampler pack, and I highly, highly recommend the Mile High Copper Lager. Definitely a personal favorite one I think you'll enjoy if you're a lager drinker or if you're just a, a, a sipping beer drinker. I almost said casual. That's not correct either. Uh, you, you like to throw back a few of them. Is, is actually, so it was the opposite of casual is what I was looking for there. Uh, so thank you all for listening in. Make sure that you are following on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR 
underscore Rockies that you're sticking with us through all of this draft coverage and KBO stuff. You subscribe to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of that. You get yourself some cool merch from our merch store. Otherwise, just continue to be absolutely awesome. I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.